the Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I am joined today by Rachel and Chloe. Hello, friends. Wow. Uh, truly awful. How are, how are you guys? <laughs> Welcome back from LA. Woo! I missed you. I missed you too. Uh, I want to hear all about the LA Independent Indie <sighs> Improv Festival. You know, I don't know a lot about the festival still. Uh, <laughs> great. Great. But I loved LA. I wasn't able to go with you guys because I was at a wedding. Oh, the uh, KB Brown wedding. Beautiful. Mm. Vegan. Oh my God. The first vegan wedding I've ever been mm. to. And we ate so much. I wanted to dance and Faith couldn't because she's like, I'm going to puke everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I've never had, I've never been able to have wedding cake before. Oh. And it was delicious. Everything was so fucking good. Oh, it was the best. I'll have a vegan option at my wedding. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, you mean when you get married to improv comedy? <laughs> I'm already married. <laughs> In that case, uh, yep. <laughs> Several weddings. We missed the wedding. So uh, you had fun in LA. What mm-hmm. were what were some highlights? I want to hear. Um, tacos that I ate. Yeah. Um, very good. I'm from the West Coast. Yes. I'm from the Southwest. I'm from California originally, but I grew up in Arizona. R.I.P. Um, and R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> to the state of Arizona, it's yeah, dead. It's okay. Bad. I mean, fair. Um, and uh, good, good, authentic Mexican food. Is just something I miss, and I also realized I missed um, breakfasts in the Southwest mm. because there's salsa on everything. Oh sure. And um, mm. we actually went to this vegan restaurant called Sage, which if you're in the LA area, highly recommend. Oh, so good. I love that you guys went to a vegan restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we were with Lens and Shem. Sure, true. true. Um, and I had cornbread jalapeno pancakes mm-hmm. with salsa verde on them. I realized that my highlights of LA are just food. The food, I figured. But, yeah, it's fine. What That's a big do? thing when you travel. Yeah. The food. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. Yeah. How about you, Chloe? Um, I forgot how much I miss driving. Yeah. I, like, I drove. There was one day where I think everyone else was doing festival, and, like, I think Rachel went and met, like, a friend. I like doing mm. festival. <laughs> they were doing <laughs> festival. festival. They were doing festival. We're <laughs> <Or> drug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was like, I'm just going to drive. And I drove down the... Uh, highway like along the coast to Malibu and then set up by myself on the beach and wow. watched people surf. Hell yeah. And it was lovely and I was like, I could live this life. That's awesome. Always. I could watch people surf. Yeah, I could watch people <laughs> surf. I could watch hot people. That's awesome. I loved and then you it. guys went to a weird party. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, still annoyed about it. Yeah. We hyped it up so much. Oh my gosh. So, okay, it was... Were you like by Mulholland Drive? We were by Encino, no. Oh, okay. No it idea. looked like that area. It, like, it was so dark. Yeah. So, Chloe's cousin's friend's friend's girlfriend yes. is the one who was hosting the party. Sure. Yes. And we looked Hosting up- the party at... the. She lives in the guest house of her very, very, very wealthy parents. Yes. Okay. And they looked up the, the house, and it was huge, and they were like, it's going to be catered. It's going to be... Mm-hmm. Bit. Like, that sounds dope. Like, I literally thought I was about to walk into, like, a scene of a movie where everyone's mm-hmm. doing, like lines of cocaine off each yeah. other and there's like people passing past hors d'oeuvres but the hors d'oeuvres are i don't know endangered baby seal yes. yeah yeah that's what i anticipated going into mm-hmm. and anticipated being very uncomfortable there yeah. um but then we arrived and it was just like a house party with like maybe 30 people yeah mm-hmm. I saw 30 pool. very boring people 
there was a pool, right? Yeah, yep. but we were told it wasn't a pool party, and it was. Oh, okay. So we didn't have our swimmies. Oh, I see. I but see. also, nobody was really in the pool. We were just like, st- people weren't dancing. Well, the boy with the pink hair was in the pool, and I really thought he was attractive. Mm, okay. I don't remember. But yet, no one talked to us. You could have jumped in in your undies. Could have been that yeah. girl. Um, I feel like I was wearing a bralette, and I was not wearing underwear. Fair. That makes fair, sense. Fair, fair, fair. Usual yeah. Rachel. <laughs> That's up. Classic Rachel. Classic, Classic Rachel. Rachel. That is how I describe you people. Bralette, no, no underwear. underwear. <laughs> no underwear. Yeah. Uh, well, that sucks. Yeah. But. Yes. Um, uh, I Overall, really good time in LA. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. I'm glad yeah. the shows went well. Yeah. Yeah. I like LA people. <laughs> my, a kid who was on my high school improv team, mm-hmm. who I've not spoken to since high school. Um, and he was a year older than with me, so it's been like six or seven years. Okay. Um, he showed up. Oh, wow. Weird, but like nice. Yeah, very mm. nice. And then clocked me because he's like, I know one of those voices. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, if something's working for you, stick with it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely have like a grab bag of character voices oh, yeah. I go yeah. to. Hell you yeah. got to. They work. Yes. The people love it. They demand it. They of course. It. So, guys, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. And if you sign up at the $5 a month level or higher over there, you get to send questions that we'll answer on Light Trees and News. So one of these sort of evergreen questions that we got from a person and, like, people have commented where they're like, yeah, I want to know this, too, is they want to hear about my co-host's hobbies, like outside of podcasting, obviously. So, like, what are some things you guys like to do? Don't say improv comedy. No, I was like, do I have a hobby? <laughs> <laughs> what um, if com- well, comedy is my career, but also I don't have time because I have a full time job. That's, that's yeah. That I, was that, what I was just thinking that was immediately my thought too, where I'm like, who the fuck has time for a hobby? Um, <clears throat> I can speak. Oh, oh, <laughs> I don't know if this is a hobby or, or some, a skill I'm trying to work on. Oh, that too. Oh, this counts. Oh, I have lots of hobbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? I'm taking voice lessons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I'm also trying to teach myself the piano. Ooh. Yikes. But um, in my head, I don't. Where are you practicing piano? Um, well, I actually have a piano at my parents oh. that I started trying to teach myself when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, but when I move to my new apartment, I'm going to have more room. So I'm. Getting it shipped to me. You're getting a piano? Mm-hmm. Holy Not shit. like a full piano. Oh, like a keyboard. Like a keyboard piano. Oh. Yeah. At first, when you're like, I'm getting I was it like, shipped a to me, I'm like, great great piano. piano <laughs> shipped to you. I was like, oh, full Rachel. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Naturally, I'm going to lay on top of it, not play it. Yes. Um, but in my head, I like. Kind <laughs> in a bralette and no underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I hate Classic that. Rachel. Classic <laughs> Rachel. Damn it. <laughs> um, but um, I, uh, I kind of connect that to comedy in, in a sense because I am learning it. To be able to add that to my like bucket of skills in comedy, Um, I'm a baker. Mm -hmm. I have a tattoo of a whisk on my arm. If you don't know, Mm -hmm. Um, I love to make things, but I haven't baked in a while just because I've been busy. Um, And then I like baking as well. There was a couple years ago that I went on a real baking tear. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a baking party. I love baking baking vegan goods. Yeah. 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 That's all I used to make. Um, I love bread. And now I just make pot brownies. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they are good. Thank you. you Thank you. Thank you. Birthday ice cream cake. You like ice cream cake? I'll make your birthday. (laughs) Birthday ice cream cake. That's what I make. The only kind of cake I like is ice cream cake. Do you like black raspberry ice cream? 
No. Okay, I'll change the ice cream. <laughs> okay. I'm tapping. Um and then when I was in Arizona, I worked as a food photographer. Um, so I still like that. Yeah, you take really good food photos. You took a bunch when we were in Cuba. Yes. Mm -hmm. Looked good. Thank you. Chloe, yeah. hobbies. Um, I You're like a gym rat. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, strong. I like the gym. If I'm not in a rush, but usually I'm in a rush, so I'm like, I got to get out of this fucking dumb place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the gym, if I'm happy. And then um, I've been very bad about teaching myself guitar, but that's on the oh, list. Right, I forgot oh, we yeah, bought you a you guitar. Can. Oh yeah, you were there. Oh, I yeah. went with you yeah, to Guitar great. Center, the busiest guitar oh, center the in the busy, world. To like Times Square. Yeah. Dumbass. <laughs> um, what else do I do? That's really, I don't do a lot. I feel like I have things I would like to do if I wasn't busy. Yeah. Like I fucking love baking. Uh, that's it. Yeah. You also like read a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like to read. Is that, yeah, that's a hobby. Yeah. Uh, I need to get better about reading and writing, but when mm -hmm. I am being good about those things, I do those things a lot as well. Yeah. And it's also, I know this and yet I can't like, I won't do it. But like, even when I'm super busy, if I am doing those things, I fe somehow feel less busy. Mm, like I true. feel probably because I'm less stressed because I'm like throwing in stuff that I love mm -hmm. and yet I never do it. Right, right. Hunt yet. Uh, does playing with Desi and Penny count as a hobby? <gasps> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that noise needs to. I like Chloe looks at me to confirm. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? We agree? We agree it's a hobby? All right, we're in on this? Cool. Uh, I wanted to see, uh, let's see, this one is for Chris and Charles, so no you. <gasps> okay, fine. Uh, I can be your Charles. Oh, so Sophie uh, sent a link, which is always tricky because you guys can't see the link. Um, but Basically, uh, Sophie was like, we've been talking about how good Crazy Rich Asians is on the show. <sighs> she said, I wonder if you've seen this post by Singapore-born activist Sangeetha Thanapal about representation. So I'm going to do a very quick summary of just telling you um, uh, very briefly what is in this very long Facebook post. But... Um, so Sophie writes, well, I think having East Asian representation in Western media is totally great, and I'm definitely not here to pass judgment. I lived in East Asia for a long time, but I'm super white and therefore usually shut my mouth. A lot of people in the West might not be aware of this side of the issue, and I think it's good for us to educate ourselves. So long story short, uh, Sagitha wrote this post about how there's actually a lot of racism in Singapore, and you don't see that in Crazy Rich mm. Asians um, because it's, you know... Um, it, it's a very like specific group of people who are hanging out and like they don't get into racial dynamics, yeah. mm -hmm. and, which is totally a fair critique. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a romantic comedy about people getting married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I get why they like didn't get into that stuff as much, but like it is definitely not representative of the the racial demographics of Singapore. For sure, yeah. that's not true. And I also think it's good to talk about that stuff. And I think it's also hard, too, when this is really a, a big movie mm -hmm. um, in terms of even showcasing, like, a cast that is mostly East Asian. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. I feel like that's not your, your, sadly, and it should be different. But, like, that's not, there's not a lot of movies to discuss those issues in because not a lot of movies are being made about the issue. Exactly. Um, so, but 
good point. And like Sophie says, it's always good to educate ourselves, especially um, from people who actually live in Singapore yes. and are seeing their country represented in film and are like, wait a second, that doesn't that's actually, not actually, that's not my experience living here. Um, so yeah, thank you, Sophie. And guys, is there anything that you want to recommend that you're mm -hmm. watching, listening to, or reading right now? Um, well, Chloe and I went to go see Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, how did oh, yeah. you, you guys, uh, how did you we feel about it? Failed well, on it that. was sold out. Yep. Okay. So we saw. Which is a good sign, though. Not mad about it. Uh, we saw Happy Time Murders. Okay, this is interesting to me because I can't comment on this film because I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Jezebel just posted a review of it and they hated it. What? I can see. It's not, it's, it's not, not good. good. <laughs> but it was, I had a fun time. Sure. Yes, I enjoyed myself for the two hours we were sitting there and it was, I was laughing very hard, both at the movie and the people behind us. Yeah. Oh my Who God. Who brought children. children. Like, it's super raunchy. So Literally, raunchy. He, what is it rated? He, he like fucking jizzes in the <laughs> silly string, but so much. It's rated R. He, oh, yeah. Like, the little, the puppet guy fucks another puppet and then just comes everywhere, silly string. Mm -hmm. And I, for, a while. for like literally a solid, <laughs> like like a uncomfortable amount of time. Seconds. I'm yeah. not even kidding you. Like, it yes. happens and then it stops and then it happens again. And then <laughs> there's so much of it and then it falls on a man. Wow. So they're going to have to have like a conversation with their kid 100%. after that film. Yeah, it was just And so the kid raunchy. was laughing at stuff though. So I was like, are you laughing because everyone else is laughing? Or do you get this? What if he or are you it? talking about are puppet you, pubes? Are you orphaning us and this is a. A thirty-something-year-old man in a child's body. Oh, the the film. I I heard the dad say, "You're laughing and you don't even get it." Okay, so good. I think it's the good, first good, 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 good. Cool. Maybe don't take your kid to that movie. Yeah. Right. Anyway, not to tell other people how to parent, but mm, questionable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend that movie. Yeah. If you wanna, if don't be like, this is gonna be a great plot. Well, that's what I don't understand. Like, it seemed like I mean, admittedly, I just skimmed the Jezebel review because I do want to eventually see it. But it seemed like their central complaint was that it's stupid. Which oh, it is. Like, yeah. yeah. I want that, that film to be stupid. I don't want that film to try to make like a serious point about no. society. <laughs> that I mean, it kind honestly kind of did. Did it? Yeah. Because yeah. he's... Well, I, it's a spoiling. Yeah. No spoilies. We can't yeah. talk. But it kind of did. I it think it attempted to and it was not... It was very thinly veiled. And I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. No, I... I yeah. Um, also, Maya Rudolph is in it, and you can do mm -hmm. no wrong with her. Yes, I agree. Oh, man. There's someone who I really like who is not into Maya Rudolph. <gasps> uh, I don't want to out him on the show. But can we talk after? Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. I'm literally heartbroken. It's because someone from improv. How can you... Okay, I'm, I'm going to speak to this because... Oh wow, I'm getting angry. <gasps> Why would you not? I feel like she's not he just a controversial person. He doesn't like her brand of funny. He doesn't think she's funny. Oh my god, but she's also such a talented actress. Has he seen she's she can do subtle. I'm telling she you. She can do over I, the top. I've tried to convince him and he's just like not funny. I me. don't know who you do I know him? Yeah, you don't you're not friends with him, but you know him. Well, I know why we're not friends. <laughs> I've laid down the law right now, and I really hope you're listening, sir. And wow, do not approach me and do not come talk to me because wow. my brand of comedy is my Rudolph. So I love her. Like I was horrified when he told me. But anyways, guys, yes, uh, it's a Monday episode, which means I have a fantastic interview for you with uh, today. It is Will Potter. Will Potter is a great, great journalist who I've known many, many, many years. He's now teaching at the University of Michigan. And uh, he's doing a bunch of cool stuff that we talk about in the interview in terms of saving journalism. No big deal, guys. Uh, mm -hmm. But please follow him at Will underscore Potter. He's a brilliant dude, but 
possibly, more importantly, a very kind, lovely human being. So go follow him and please enjoy. So yeah, advanced apologies. My landlord is doing construction in the basement right now. So if anyone hears weird noises, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> I'm going to mute, no mute my mic when you're talking. So hopefully that'll help a little bit. But thank you so much for taking the time to do the interview. I know you've been super busy. Oh, no. I, my pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. And I know you've been all over the place as well. So I appreciate <laughs> taking the time to do this. And I was excited about... Uh, some of the other stuff I already saw on the podcast. So that looks awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, thank you. So obviously feel free to talk about like what you've been doing with traveling and all that. But before we get into anything else, I've been asking some of my favorite people what they're reading or watching or listening to right now that's sort of like a reprieve from all of the madness of the world. So I guess let's just start with um, what are you reading right now? Well, I don't know about a reprieve because I've, if anything, I'm not taking my own advice of trying to break away from things and have distance. Instead, I've just been like all dystopian all the time, uh, in part related to a, a fiction project I've been kind of messing around with for a little bit. Um, but in part because I, I think it's shaped my work as well. Like I've started to go through and read some of the really early um, dystopian texts, uh, things like this book, We, from, I'm going to butcher his name, Yevgeny Zamyatin, uh, from the, I think it was in the 1920s. It was a book that was banned in Russia forever um, and then finally was translated and got out many years later. But seeing how people's ideas of what, kind of an authoritarian state looks like and how that's changed over the years, even in fiction, uh, has been really fascinating to me. Um, so I've kind of thrown myself into that. And also um, kind of World War II era journalists and correspondents, especially people like George Seldes. I've been reading some of his um, books like Never Tire of Protesting and Lords of the Press, things that I wish I would have gotten in journalism school or in some other forum, um, but I've kind of, you know, circled back to on my own. And that's been really, it's just inspiring to see people who have gone through so much worse, arguably, than, than we are right now and have responded with such courage and integrity. Um, so I've been kind of throwing myself into that. Very cool. Um... So what are you, if you have any time, obviously, uh, what are you watching right now? Well, we've been slowly, my partner and I have been working on a Handmaid's Tale and oh my God, like you can only take a little bit at a time because it's just too much. It's, <laughs> it's like too similar. It is to... so intense. I was watching that in Westworld at the same time and I was like, I can't keep doing this to my brain. <laughs> No, we're doing we're doing the same things and it's just like i can't resist either i need somebody to like come over or maybe we should have this pact of not allowing each other just to watch these horrible things because oh my god it's just so 
it's intense just as a show, but when you overlay what's, you know, the parallels with everything going on now. Right. Uh, I do, just, I do try to balance it out with, I watch a lot of like baking shows on Netflix. So, so like, uh, what kind of stuff are kids? So, have yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it is so good. Nicole Byer is the funniest person on the planet. So that one's really good. But there's another one uh, called sugar rush. That's new. Okay. And it's, same deal it's just very addictive reality television but like kind of in a positive way like at least people are making stuff and it's not just people right. screaming at each other i think i might have to i might have to get wise to that i mean the closest i've come like on uh amazon there are all these old uh like motorcycle adventure daredevil kind of documentaries and most of them are pretty terrible, but even, I mean, I geek out on that stuff too. You know, things about Evil Knievel and old, uh, you know, guys racing on the Bonneville salt flats and just completely lunatic people that set out to live their life in a very non-conventional way. Um, I love seeing stuff like that too. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are you listening to right now? And that can be like podcasts, music anything like that yeah music wise i mean i'm one of those guys that grew up you know 90s hardcore scene and still listen to a lot of the same st stuff but you know i've also um people like frank turner um has been fantastic i mean he's got this song 1933 that's just kind of been on repeat um also really i've been listening to a lot of billy bragg um i saw him when he came through Ann Arbor, which is where I've been stationed and live in the last few years, uh, for a book release that he had. And like, I've been in love with this guy forever, just through his music since I was a teenager. And his recent book is about um, early forms of rock and roll in the UK and kind of around youth culture. And so that was really rad seeing somebody, you know, who you already respect and admire pushing their comfort zones and doing this really impressive um, history and, and kind of building on his legacy. I mean, that certainly um, was inspirational to me as well. For sure. Um, so I wanted you to talk about um, what you've been doing with, with traveling and, and your journalism and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm in a new uh, appointment here at the University of Michigan, as a, I guess a little bit of backstory, so this might make more sense to people listening. I came out as a, a Knight Wallace fellow that brought me to Michigan. It brings journalists from all over the world in this really, you know, kind of fancy pants, prestigious, you know, they, a, a year of study and stepping back from newsrooms. And it was just a absolutely amazing experience and then that turned into a visiting professorship for two years and then that turned into a new appointment um which is really really exciting we're doing things it's kind of a hybrid role so i'm still doing my work as a journalist um, that i've been doing you know for years but in addition to that i'm teaching um journalism to undergrads and also working with what's called the office of academic innovation and so we're doing documentary style work um, that's being released for free about current kind of hot button issues and we're 
pushing that as well. So we've done stuff on fake news and, um, you know, the situation at the border separating children from their parents and um, all kinds of things like that. But this recent trip, um, we went down to Puerto Rico and it's part of a new partnership between the University of Michigan, University of Notre Dame, um, and University of Puerto Rico. That's going to be a free uh, documentary and an online mini course that we call a teach out. And the reason I've been so excited working on this project is because, as you know, we've talked about in the past, investigative journalism budgets are dwindling. Um, you know, newsrooms are directing resources in other directions. I mean, there's a real possibility and potential right now for universities to step up and do a similar type of work. Um, and what we saw in Puerto Rico was just just staggering. I mean, to give you an idea, we went up into the mountains and spoke with people that just got power and electricity like a week before we arrived. Oh my God. And so that's about 10 months after the hurricane. And as another example, I went to the central medical district of the island and interviewed a doctor, one of the few remaining doctors there because a lot of them are leaving um, just because they don't have the tools and resources they need to do their jobs. And he gave us a, a tour around that area. And the two things that I won't ever forget are one, he pulled over and there were just these lines of shipping containers, containers like, you know, semi truck containers that had fans and some kind of cooling unit on the back. And on the side, it had, it said mass disaster relief. Um, and he told me this is where hundreds of bodies are still being kept because wow. the island doesn't have the resources uh, and the support to, to process um, people. And I just couldn't wrap my head around you know, can you imagine losing someone that you care about is traumatic enough, but then not being able to have closure um, because their body is just in a truck <laughs> with yeah. hundreds of others. And so that really put things in kind of a stark relief for me. I mean, we did a lot of research and reporting, obviously, before we went down there, but there's only so much you can understand from afar and from reading news reports or podcasts or, um, you know, Frontline did a great little documentary about Puerto Rico. But at the same time, you just can't feel it. You can't understand it unless you're down there. And so it kind of, you know, reminded me of why that type of journalism is so important. You know, we have to be on the ground going out to these remote areas that otherwise those stories wouldn't get out. Um, so that's all going to launch um, at the end of the summer. Okay. And so yeah. is that, will people have an opportunity to like see those documentaries or is there a place right now where they can watch them? Yeah. So it's not released yet and it'll be, um, through the university of Michigan and university of Notre Dame. Um, if people want to check back for similar content that's already up, uh, at teachout.org, that's kind of a play on the the original teach-ins um, in the 60s and 70s that started at the University of Michigan in response to the war. 
uh, the Vietnam War. And that's the name of these new free online mini courses for lack of a better description. Um, so everything will be put up there for free for everybody to engage in. And we're also going to do um, some follow-up work as well. So uh, people should be sure to to check back on that. Um, the set launch date is at the end of the summer, like around August 27th. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do the interview. And yeah, keep up the excellent work. Oh, likewise. And, you know, sorry to talk about such uh, depressing things, but uh, hopefully there's a, <laughs> it's a positive side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, think, I, know I honestly think the positive side of that is that this feels like a like a, a, a new frontier in possibly saving independent journalism, which is important. Uh, and that's how I feel as well. And I think it just is going to take all of those um, different attempts, whether from, you know, big institutions or shows like yours. I mean, it all really matters right now. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks again to Will. Please go follow him on Twitter at Will underscore Potter. Weirdly, this was a total coincidence, but I talked about this in the interview with Will. He is uh, participating in creating free documentaries that are available online. Oh. And just, it happened to be, I go, when are these available? And he was like, August 27th, which is when this uh, interview is airing. And I Amazing. did this interview Aww. like a month ago <laughs> with him. Happened to do it on the day Yay. that those docs are now available. Yeah. So do go to the website, um, teachout.org. And guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. It's so bad. It's bad. So let's start with, and I'm, I'm calling this bad news because trying to be a good person yes yes and you know when a when a person dies it's bad news right so john mccain is dead at 81 but i wanted to talk about how people have been eulogizing him because one of the clips that was being passed around everywhere on twitter was when john mccain was running for president and he did a town hall and a fucking unhinged woman stood up and said, I've heard that Barack Obama is a secret Muslim. And John McCain is like shaking his head at her. Then he takes the mic from her and he goes, uh, no, ma'am, he's not a Muslim. He's a good man. So, <laughs> um, guys, it goes without saying you can be a Muslim and a good person. And a lot of people praised him for that, I think, because they saw him as sort of, you know, putting to rest a conspiracy theory that had plagued the country since, you know, Obama said he was running for president, which is that he wasn't a U.S. citizen. He was secretly born in Kenya. He was a secret Muslim. Wait, secret this isn't true? <laughs> yeah, sorry. What? Sorry to burst your <laughs> bubble. Uh, and, you know, a lot of those rumors were actually started by Donald Trump and, you know, actually encouraged by Donald Trump. And but the the problem with that statement is that he's basically saying he's a good man because he's not Muslim. Right. Uh, yeah. And he couldn't be a good man if he was Muslim. Yes. So 
very problematic for that reason. My other issue with the way John McCain has been eulogized is let's not forget that John McCain mainstreamed the Tea Party by choosing Sarah Palin as his vice president. So he contributed to the growing right-wing extremism in this country, which has led directly to Donald Trump. So let's remember that because he's always portrayed as a maverick. Mm -hmm. he, voted, he voted with the GOP 99% of yeah. the time. He was not, not a maverick. A maverick. Um, so yeah, that's my, my, my rant about John McCain. <laughs> I honestly was like going through, like I, I deleted Instagram from my phone last night. <laughs> Because, yeah, I just redownloaded it though, oh. so I can read a quote. Um, Bold. But I was, thank you so much, 24 hours. Um, I honestly, like, it was, I, I hate using the word triggering when it's not. No, I, th I think, really I know where you're going with this, yes. and I think, yeah, okay. Are you, the, yes, go ahead. Because I have a personal yeah. vendetta against. McCain for valid reasons <laughs> for valid reasons um but it just was really upsetting to see people that I know and I'm friends with and know share the same values that I do um kind of like glorifying him um and that there's always and no one deserves to die no. I you know I remember watching um the Comey trial and when he was kind of deteriorating mm -hmm. I felt I I felt bad like yeah. I felt I, no one wants someone to go through that whatever sure. But I don't think, I mean, there's this idea that there's glory and death, whatever. You're going to remember, like, someone in a better light. But, um, I mean, I, I grew up in Arizona, so lots of McCain all the time. Yep. And um, if you've listened to the show before, um, I have a personal connection to the Aurora, Colorado shooting. And that my neighbor that I grew up with um, was one of the 12 killed, and he was one of the two that died protecting his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and after this happened, um, his mom went to a town hall meeting with McCain and stood up and introduced herself and immediately introduced that, you know, her son had, and this was pretty fresh, mm. um, her son had just been killed in the Aurora, Colorado shooting and what asked what McCain was going to do to help get assault weapons mm -hmm. banned. Didn't talk about getting rid of the second, like yep. specifically spoke to the ban on assault weapons. And his response immediately right off the bat um, was, I can tell you right now you need some straight talk. <laughs> that assault weapons ban will not pass the Congress of the United States. And the audience went crazy and yeah. cheered. And I, I remember this happening. Yeah, yeah. They also cheered when she spoke to it being like specifically right. like we need to get these off the streets so like that audience is going to cheer for everything but i thought like someone who can act with that little empathy yeah mm -hmm. um very mavericky yeah. yeah it was just it was appalling and it, it it's shocking and interesting because um it, my neighbors these parents had, were lifelong republicans um we were the token democrats in our like mm -hmm. friend group whatever mm -hmm. um and after that happened, they were like, we will never vote Republican wow. again. And they haven't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not there in the voting booth with them. But uh, <laughs> I really wish that didn't take having yes. a kid die. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, they realized the true lack of, I mean, in that moment, he chose not to be a human. And to even say, I'm so sorry for your yes. loss. Right now, I don't think that's going to pass. Like, whatever. I mean, let's not forget he was a bad person. <laughs> like, right, yeah. I'm sorry. No. Like, he called his wife a cunt in front of a reporter. Like, he, this guy was nasty. He could be so, so nasty. Yeah. And, like, maybe you occasionally liked 
that he went against Republicans. Like I think a lot of people like the fact that he had a very public feud with Trump yeah. up to and including, and this is hilarious, banning Trump from his funeral. Yeah. <laughs> like I think because people feel so strongly about Trump, they sort of, people that they normally would not have glorified, like John McCain or like no, a Mitt do. Romney, mm -hmm. suddenly look like very reasonable when yeah. they stand next to Trump, but let's remember, John McCain had extremist positions. He gave yeah. us Sarah Palin. He gave us the Tea Party. He gave us Trump. So he was not a maverick. Just you know, I, I would say someone who calls his wife not a good person, or not calls his wife a cunt, not a good person. Um, so it's tempting to look at someone through rose-colored glasses when they die, mm -hmm. but let's, like, let's remember reality. Yeah, I just, like, don't, I truly can't, like, because I made the mistake of going on Twitter and like so many people I know who are more left and extreme, like in and like upfront about their politics, I guess, than I am praising him. And I'm like, just because he did some decent things mm -hmm. 1% of the time. Yeah. So we're going to, he died. So we're going to take that 1% and people, it doesn't make people sense. People are weird when someone dies, yeah. even if they genuinely did not like them in life. They're like, I got to say something nice. Because and, it, and, it, and again, I don't think anyone, you know, whatever, his life is valuable. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. And, I, you know, but I, I don't I feel bad for his family. Like, I like whatever. the man. No, no. He's dead. No. You know, and like, I get that, you know, Meghan McCain loves him and I'm sure he was a good father to her and all of that stuff. But he did terrible, terrible things. And we have to remember mm -hmm. that we got to the place we're at right now because of Republicans like McCain, mm -hmm. who tolerated the extreme right within the party, who mainstreamed them, who humored them, who used them because he was trying to become yes. president. Yeah. It was for his own glory and agenda. Big and mistake. And now we have Trump as president. So, yeah, yeah let, let's remember all that. Okay. Also in bad news, oh. uh, anti-vaxxers. Oh, my favorite kind of crazy. Oh, aren't they great? So according to the World Health Organization, cases of measles in Europe have hit a record high. Oy, oy, oy. And the experts are blaming the surge in infections on a drop in the number of people being vaccinated. Uh, and it is just amazing to me that we've gotten to this place because basically a handful of charlatans within the scientific community and like a handful of celebrities got together and convinced people not to get their kids vaccinated. Mm -hmm. It's Jenny McCarthy, right? Yes. yes. Okay. She's one of the big ones. She's not the only one, but she was like very outspoken yeah. about it. I, sorry, this is a, this no, is a quick tangent. Um, I, uh, I think that there's an improviser in the community that looks a lot like Karen, Gil Karen Kilgariff when she was young. Okay. So I was looking up videos of Karen Kilgariff when she was young. Like, this is a journey of how we got here. Okay. And she was on an episode of Jenny, which was Jenny McCarthy's show. Yeah. But I was laughing because it was Heather Debro, Jenny McCarthy, and Karen Kilgariff in a scene together. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. Is Heather Dubro is she anti-vaxxer? I don't know. Oh, okay. It wouldn't surprise me, but it just yeah. was like weird. I was like, housewife. Heather. I shouldn't throw that out there. Like, I honestly, I don't know if she is, but she's like, you know, rich white women oftentimes are in that world. Her husband's yeah. a doctor, though. So, I mean, I know he's a plastic surgeon, very different, but. Yeah. True. I, don't know. I hope they're not because they have a lot of kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. But 
Yeah, for a while I remember people were trying to blame like undocumented immigrants on the surge in measles because they're like, oh, they're afraid to go to the doctors and get their kids vaccinated. No, no. But then it Dumb, turns rich, out, white bananas. Then it turns out, much like Trump getting elected, remember everybody was trying to blame blue-collar workers? Much like Trump's election, it turns out it was white suburbanites, mm-hmm. like wealthier people, who were like, I don't want... Tristan to get vaccinated because he's so special. I won't and put anything in Logan's arm. Yeah. Granola doesn't deserve this. No. She's a free soul. Granola's gonna be a president. singer. And a singer. <laughs> a singer for a son president. That's how it works. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's gonna be president. So then the story got even wackier because it turns out Russian trolls are also spreading vaccination misinformation to create discord. Can we kick? I don't know how this works. (laughs) I feel so helpless. So, I mean, basically, what, as far as I understand, what the campaign is with Russian trolls, uh, and it's hard to, you know, figure out like who's officially uh, trolling on behalf of, say, like the Russian government versus Mm -hmm. just, you know, their their trolls in their own right, but whatever. at least during the 2016 election, the goal was to sow discord within the United States. So Russian trolls would post very incendiary things, whether it was like Black Lives Matter stuff, or on the opposite end, like right-wing extremist Mm -hmm. uh, messaging, Mm -hmm. because they knew those were the two factions in the United States really fighting and really hating on each other. And their goal was just to create chaos, basically. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they're now trolling when it comes to vaccinations which is another hugely it's a huge hot button issue in the united states whenever i can't post anti-vaxxers anymore i have to use asterisks because there are anti-vaxxers who search that all day and then like spam you for hours so it's it's another one of those issues where russian trolls know that they can like cause a lot of commotion so they're they're capitalizing on that (sighs) How do we how do we stop it? Well, did you see the one Facebook executive who's like, um, it's too late to stop it for the next election? They're like, we just can't with our security. Can they just shut down Facebook? (laughs) They shut down the internet. Yeah, the right the right wouldn't freak out, right? If the government came in and shut down Facebook. Not at all. (laughs) That wouldn't exactly play into their dystopian fantasies about how they're being persecuted by the government. Yeah, it like, gives me so much anxiety. But it's not a. There's no easy answer. Don't you know? read articles off of Facebook, is what I'm saying, oh, people. Yeah, I know. Like, just be. Um, it's like, use your brain. You got it. Use it. But let's start a campaign. Let's start a be informed campaign about what <laughs> reliable news sources are. Does anyone know? I don't. No. See, I think Facebook has become. Facebook definitely fucked up, right? And they kept a lot of information from the public and they behaved in a very, very shady way. That goes without saying. But I also think Facebook has kind of become this convenient scapegoat Yes. in a society that already had very balkanized media. If we got rid of Facebook tomorrow, conservatives would still get news from Fox News. Liberals would still get news from MSNBC. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't solve the problem we have in the country, which is there are millions of people being spoon-fed propaganda. And if you get rid of Facebook, that doesn't solve the problem Yeah, Mm -hmm. of, you know, actual fake news, not what Trump likes to call fake news. So I I don't know. I don't think there is an easy answer. And not that I would ever in a million years sympathize with Facebook, but when, like, an executive comes out and he's like, hey, we can't magically fix this by the next election, I get it. Yeah. Because, like, when it comes to solutions we can come up with, 
I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we already do have such separate pools of information. And when that information is conflicting and, and completely at opposite ends of like the information spectrum, I don't know how we ever get back to that unifi- unified place of news, you yeah. know? We don't have a Walter Cronkite anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have two channels that people are watching, you mm-hmm. know? We have the internet, which is an endless pool Black of information. Hole. And in, in a lot of ways, that's good because we get to hear perspectives that we normally wouldn't get in the mainstream news, but that's also really bad because we get like info wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a personal beef with Facebook right now because they changed their advertising options, uh, probably for the privacy of people. So like as a citizen, I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. But as an advertiser, I'm like, no, this is making my job harder. How did they change it? Um, they got rid of a lot of things I can target by. Oh. So I can't target by someone's income like serving you an ad based on your income, okay. based on, um, shit, what were the other demographics? I was concerned about income because I'm trying to sell $75 pillows. And I was like, I'm not going to show this to someone who can't afford a $75 pillow. Man, people are really weird about advertising on Facebook because Facebook does that thing where sometimes we don't realize we're Google searching things and then we'll forget about it and then we go to Facebook and there's an ad for it right there. People are like, oh, that's weird. And it started that rumor that Facebook was like listening to people, like have conversations uh, with the the internal mic on laptops and stuff. That was a huge rumor for a while. I remember we did a show where someone mentioned Spencer's and then didn't you get served an ad about Spencer's? Yeah, I was truly just racking my brain. It It was something I had not Googled. Hundred yeah. percent. Like we had said it out loud, and then I got ads yeah. for. I was, but like as an that might be something on the Facebook end. As an advertiser, I can't put that in as an option. <laughs> and well, I told Chloe that I was like, yeah. I can't target you based on that. But I can tell you right now, you probably fit the demographic of someone searching for Spencer. But also, like as as much as people badmouth that, that shit works. Like I've been served ads <clears throat> on Instagram where I'm like, wow, yes, I ex- was looking for this exact thing. I would and much rather. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, if you're going to advertise to people and right now, listen, we're just, we're stuck with that model yes. of, of revenue. So places like Instagram, places like Facebook are going to have ads. If that's the case, I'd rather have super targeted ads of shit I actually need. You know? Yeah, and on the other end, I'm like, I don't want to spam someone who isn't looking for this or who isn't trying to buy this. I want to get someone who's actually interested in it and, you know, might think it's interesting. I don't want to spam someone. By the way, when I say things I need, quote unquote, I mean uh, chunky jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram, they're like, bitch, you like big rings? Mine, and I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Mine's always gay stuff. <laughs> always. It's like, do you, have you ever heard of uh, Otherwild? Two on a, like, it's just only <laughs> lesbian stores. Mine is... um. Always therapy, like oh, online uh, counseling. Sure, sure. I get that too. But I Facebook. think it's because of all the um, self-help books. Oh, yeah. From oh, self- sure. the podcast. Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all jump up and down. Here is your good news. Yay! All right, good news item number one. Something bad has happened to Trump. (laughs) Wow. Okay, we didn't plan it. Can someone isolate that audio clip so I can just play that whenever I'm about to give bad news about Trump? You're going to (laughs) leave? 
I tell you, we didn't look at each other. We didn't plan it. And that was better than anything we've ever tried to Hive do. mind. Hive mind. <laughs> so a former Trump World Tower doorman who says he has knowledge of an alleged affair uh, President Trump had with an ex-housekeeper, which resulted in a child... <gasps> is now able to talk about a contract he entered with American Media Inc. that had prohibited him from discussing the matter with anyone. And this is according to his attorney. So this is like a theme with Trump that he has people sign these really severe contracts that are like NDAs basically where they're like, you can't For talk life. about yeah. anything you've seen, go down a Trump Tower, including like the personal life of Trump, which, of course, would include an affair he had with mm -hmm. an ex-housekeeper um, that resulted in a child. So on, on Friday, Mark Held, the attorney for Dino uh, Sajun, the former doorman, said his client had been released from his contract with AMI, the parent company of the National Enquirer, Woof. recently after back-and-forth discussions with AMI. And this is interesting because we talked about on yesterday's episode uh, that David Pecker, uh, who owns AMI, who owns the National Enquirer, um, struck an immunity deal with the Mueller investigation. And a lot of people were very, uh, were freaking out about this because it is very well known that Trump would oftentimes, he would do both. He would, he would pay the National Enquirer to publish stories about him, mm -hmm. but then he would also pay them to sit on stories about him. So everybody knew that the National Enquirer had dirt on Trump. We didn't know what it was. Maybe this is one of the things they had dirt on, mm. that he has a, a secret child. I want to know it all. With an ex-housekeeper. Um, but honestly, of all this Trump controversy, I know. I'm not surprised, one, I'm not surprised by it, and two, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think we're, I mean, honestly, I don't care if, if he, ha I hope he's taking care of the kid and I hope he's yeah. taking care of this ex-housekeeper yes. financially. Um, but in terms of like, I don't give a shit about the personal affairs and lives of, of people. Where it gets very shady with Trump is locking people into these contact, yep. mm -hmm. uh, uh, contracts and then paying people off. Um, secretly. Yeah. that That's where it gets into shady legal territory. And I think it matters if the, the president previously uh, was breaking the law. Mm -hmm. um, what? Yeah. <laughs> Not this president. Yeah. Not my president. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that is first good news item. Second good news item. Oh, I love this so much. Does everybody remember Milo Yiannopoulos? Mm? Yes. No. Do you actually? Yeah, uh, oh, he, I don't. Stupid, okay, gay asshole. <laughs> he's not stupid because yeah, he's gay. We should just no. clarify. I should also clarify I'm gay. So like, <laughs> yes, let me he's throw gay. It not calling Milo stupid because he's gay. No, so he's like, he contradicts himself. He's a white supremacist. Oh fuck! He denies this. He likes to parade around the fact that he has a black boyfriend to prove he's not a white supremacist. Yes. Uh, this black boyfriend, no one's ever seen his face, never heard him utter a word, mm -hmm. but apparently they're in a healthy, thriving relationship. Yes. And he, exi he exists. He totally Allison. exists. He exists. He exists. Uh, if you believe that, uh, any of that, I don't. <laughs> but mm. He's so, on Tinder like, who will date me? Milo was like huge for a second yeah. in the right wing community yeah. because they also, right. extreme right, uh, extremist right wingers like to parade him around because they were like, look, we got a gay one. So mm -hmm. we yes. can't be yeah. as intolerant as you think. Yes. 
So, but people have been protesting Milo like crazy, and it's gotten to the point where he has had a lot of events canceled, and he's basically been no platformed in a lot I of know different his face places. Now. Yeah, yeah. So he wrote this long post that I want to read just because it's so funny. Yes. Can we do a voice? So, what would the voice be? I don't know. I was thinking about like just like, oh, la la. No, let's not do that. I was going to say, it's Milo. (laughs) No one's allowed to do voices, okay? (laughs) I'm just going to read it. And then you guys uh, interject with thoughts, okay? Okay. So over the past three years, I have spent literally millions of dollars trying to do talks, speeches, events, rallies, and protests to say nothing of all the stuff I do behind the scenes I can never tell you about. Not shady. (laughs) A lot of that money was my own wealth from before I even started in journalism. Trust fund. Trust fund, baby. My events almost never happen. It's protests or sabotage from Republican competitors or social media outcries. I love sabotage. (laughs) Every time it costs me tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And when I get dumped from conferences, barely anyone, that's in caps locks, Mm -hmm. makes a sound about it. Not my fellow conservative media figures and not even, in many cases, you guys. And I dump people. They don't dump me. I'm Milo. (laughs) When was the last time any of you protested in the street at the treatment meted out to me or Pamela Geller or Mike Cernovich or Alex Jones? I have repeatedly put myself in harm's way in service of American values. My annual security bill amounts to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just so my husband and I don't get killed going for sushi. And let me tell you, my husband exists. He exists. He's a he's real, real man. He's he a loves real, a good California roll. He's so real, he eats sushi. <laughs> I have to make that money somehow just to stay afloat. And that doesn't scratch the surface of staff costs, insurance, your insane American taxes. I fought bitterly and endlessly for freedom in a country I don't even belong to. Not for my benefit, but for yours. I have been betrayed and abandoned by everyone who ever called themselves my friend, with a small handful of notable exceptions. Like my mom. And my boyfriend who's real. He's he's looking at me right now. You guys can't see him, but he's looking at me. You're right. I'm sorry, husband. My husband who's totally real. I was a significant factor in Donald Trump getting elected. That is actually true. That's the one true thing he wrote in this. For which I have received zero credit. I almost single-handedly ignited the current debate about free speech on campus. And no one, in caps lock, has ever matched my ability to draw attention to these issues. Not even my husband. He is alive. And he's, yeah, he's real. Uh, For my trouble, I have lost everything standing up for the truth in America, spent all my savings, destroyed all my friendships. And I can't find my cat. (laughs) And ruined my whole life. At some point, you realize it's occasionally better to spend the money on crabs and cocktails. If anyone has a problem with that, then frankly, they can go fuck themselves. But also, I don't have money, but I eat crabs and cocktails with my real husband at a sushi restaurant. But I eat it cooked. All I ever read here is criticism and ingratitude. You guys have no idea what I have sacrificed for you. And you think just because I drown my sorrows with a few expensive bottles of wine? (laughs) Do you know how much more crab and cocktails I could have been having (laughs) had you not taken everything for me? So much crab. I also have crabs from my real husband. (laughs) You're justified in calling me lazy and self-involved? I don't advertise my selflessness because I'm not a victim. Except for this post, read above. Except for the very, the thousands of words I just wrote about me being a victim. But for the love of God, show some recognition of what your frontline warriors have accomplished on your behalf, you entitled fucking babies. (laughs) Who's an entitled fucking baby, Milo? Sorry, pass the crap. 
you will keep losing, in caps locks, until you support those of us out there on the front lines while you tweet and Facebook from your living rooms. By the way, I'm writing this have, on, on Facebook. Facebook. And I have never fought in Next to my real boyfriend as we drink expensive wine, but I'm broke. Please send me money. Please send us broke. We ran out of crap. How amazing is that pose? Wow. So good. Oh, my God. It's, it's like, so good. It's like, an, it's like one of those things where your therapist is like, write an email and don't send it. <laughs> or like write a Facebook post and don't send it. Like just get it all out there. Do you Milo. think that's what a therapist told him to do? And then they checked <laughs> Facebook like, and they were like, God damn it, he published it. He published damn, the thing he should have never shown. We told him no. <laughs> I just love that he's calling them self-entitled babies after that tirade. Just truly every like aside in that post is one of the best things I've ever read. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And obviously I just love those little sp- sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I love the specific nuggets of like crab and cock. <laughs> Sushi. <laughs> I'm just trying to get sushi with my husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. And I mean, so deserving. Mm-hmm. It's just he's an awful human being. And again, speaking of you know mainlining extremism, Milo's up there, um, and he's a he's a terrible person. He's a white he's supremacist. As much as he you know screams that he's not, we he had a. Um, I think he's the one who had the password, his like email password or something was crystal knocked. And it's like, oh, yeah, dude, we know where we know who you are. <laughs> and uh, it's it's fun when bad things happen to you. Yeah. Bad things happening to bad people is what I run off. Yes. Of. And it belongs in the good news section. Hell yes. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, 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 nom. Yes. I really thought you were going to like weigh in with something. I yeah. was. And then I like my brain was like, uh. just sing instead. Yeah. That yeah. happens to me. A lot. Guys, please go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button. Yum, yum. You know, after um, Milo just begged for money, I'm going to do the same thing. We need crab and cocktails. My husband is real and he wants crabs (laughs) tonight. he's so black. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not a white supremacist, but... Much like Milo, I do rely on your support. Mm-hmm. So if you like what you've heard on Light Trees and News, please go to lighttreason.news, hit that donate button. You can keep us going for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation. Unlike the right-wing media, I don't try to sell you dangerous pills about which I'm making bizarre claims. No. I just rely on 100% listener support. So if you guys are in a position to do so, please go sign up today or upgrade your support. It's also an option. You can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, where there are zero screeds about white supremacy. Zero. Isn't that amazing? I can verify that. Thank you so much. You're and welcome. if you sign up at $5 a month, you get to send questions that will answer on Light Trees and News. $10 a month, you get to participate in the online hangouts. $50 a month, you get to send, or I'll send you. You don't have to send me anything. I'll send you a handwritten letter. Those are very, very fun. Oh, I love it. And I still send Charles dirty drawings. I love it. And that's <laughs> funny because you can just send it downstairs. I could, but I still mail them. Aww. So, guys, please do that. Please keep the show going. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, mm. Instagram. All of it. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about today, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Join the conversation. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And please follow Rachel and Chloe on Twitter at Real Slim Chata at It's the Chew. Both ridiculous names for ridiculous women. Thank you. I love you. I missed you. I love you. I miss you. We have to acknowledge Chloe's not in the room anymore. (laughs) She went to go get my bag. She's getting Rachel's food. But anyways, guys, have a glorious rest of your day. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Love you. Bye. More drugs.